This is the first time in 17 years that I have led a Sunday service and not worn a suit, white shirt, and tie. I don't know precisely what the official Wellsprings wardrobe is, but Reverend Ken said it was all right for me to dress this way. He even gave me special permission to tuck my shirt tails in. However, he absolutely forbid me to wear my tasseled loafers. So, this is as casual as I can be for you without feeling like a complete fraud. Some of you know that I have been uh, attending the 9 o'clock service here for uh, the past year. And it has been a wonderful experience that has really enriched my life and, and nourished my soul at a time when I really needed both those things. And so I am deeply grateful for this community of faith and especially for my dear friend Ken Belden. It's a privilege to be able to offer a small gift of gratitude in return for all that I have received from Wellsprings. I'm genuinely happy to be with you here today. Happy. We hear that word a lot, don't we? I'm happy to be here. I'll be happy to do that for you. I'm a happy camper. Happy face, happy feet, happy trails. Happy, happy, happy. Happiness is the quintessential American aspiration. You know, we are right now located 30 miles and 238 years from the birthplace of happiness at the heart of the American dream. The Second Continental Congress in Philadelphia enshrined Thomas Jefferson's words in our Declaration of Independence, stating that we are endowed by our Creator with the unalienable right to the pursuit of happiness. The right to pursue happiness has been conferred upon us by God. And God knows Americans have been chasing happiness ever since. For many, it appears as some distant destination. (laughs) One day that we're going to arrive there after long, tireless, dedicated effort. It's sort of like the memorable family road trip. Are we there yet? (laughs) Happiness. If we tell ourselves, you know, if I can just stick to it, get good grades, get into the right school, get the right degree, land the right job, find the right spouse, buy the right house, work hard, build a family, and then I'll be happy. Happiness as destiny and destination. And even for those of us who believe that happiness is actually meant to be found right here right now, not at the end of some long-suffering ordeal, it can still be elusive. It's just ahead, just out of reach, like some beautiful butterfly for which we long but can never quite 
catch happiness as a fragile, fleeting experience. Is happiness a destination at which we strive to arrive? Or is it a state that we cultivate within ourselves? What is happiness? And where do we go to look for it? Well, the... Our English word happiness actually comes to us from ancient Icelandic. The Icelandic word hap means luck or chance. But I actually think that the ancient Greek word for happiness is much more instructive for us. In classical Greek, the word for happiness is eudaimonia, which translates literally to a good spirit within. Eu means good, and daemon The root of our English word demon means spirit. So for someone who has happiness, it means that they are possessed by a good spirit. And an unhappy person, we've all met them, right, is possessed by a different kind of spirit. Now, when the the Greeks talked about eudaimonia, they didn't mean I'm happy to see you. They regarded happiness as a quality of being that infused a person's whole life, guided their every thought and word and action. A truly happy person was filled with a spirit that manifested itself as gentle strength, loving kindness, and wise patience. And isn't that precisely what we yearn for when we dream of happiness for ourselves? I don't know about you, but when I think of being happy, I don't imagine a nice long weekend down at the Jersey Shore. I imagine being gripped by a joy so great that it colors the landscape of my life with gratitude no matter where I am or what I'm doing or who I'm doing it with. That's the happiness that I hunger for in my life. For the ancient Greeks, happiness, eudaimonia, was more of a rarefied spiritual state. It was definitely something that was cultivated with intention and care. Today, well, happiness is the object of scientific and academic Study. Our society is consumed by talk of happiness. But I suspect that this reflects a common hunger for happiness rather than a common experience of actually being happy. I think that happiness is more aspiration than realization in our society. Now, I will confess I was not aware until just last week of Boko Belich's 2011 documentary, Happy. Uh, It's been airing on public television lately. Have any of you seen it? Anyone? A few of you? So, if I had my ducks in a row, this would be a spirit flicks sermon, and I would have told you all to watch Happy before you got here. But, we live in love and imperfection. And so I commission you, consider this your Spirit Flix homework. Go home, watch, watch the movie, uh, Happy. It's worth watching, and its message is entirely consistent with what I'm going to say today. Some years ago, 
uh, Professor uh, Tal Ben-Shahar was Harvard University's most popular lecturer. His lectures were packed, and uh, he has a background in philosophy and psychology, and what he talked about was happiness. Now, I don't believe that those lectures were packed because people wanted to show up and listen to some Harvard academic describe to them how they were feeling. I think people went to those lectures because they wanted to learn how to be happy. His lectures were put together into the 2007 book, Happier. And um, he revealed in his book the his deepest insight into the topic, and here I want to quote from him, happiness and spirituality are closely linked. And to lead a happy life, we must experience a sense of inherent worthiness. Hmm, that sounds familiar. And since then, hardly a year has passed without somebody else publishing a book on happiness. Oh, my God. Sis Labach exploring happiness in 2010. Sharon Salzberg, real happiness the next year. Then we had Dominique Bertolucci's The Happiness Code the following year. Then last year was Rick Hansen, the neuroscientist's book, Hardwiring Happiness. This year, the big book on happiness is Dan Harris's book, 10% Happier. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh, Harris is a television network anchor, and he relates the very personal story, confessional story, of how he transitioned from an anxious, miserable jerk to a happier person through, you guessed it, meditation. You know, I can only shake my head when people breathlessly announce the discovery of blinding new insight in life, which turns out to be precisely what the religious teachers have been trying to share for hundreds of if not thousands of years. You know, in our own religious tradition, Hosea Ballou, the great universalist preacher, 200 years ago, said that holiness and happiness are God's desire for all people and the two are connected. Holy people are happy. Scratch the surface of a happy person and you find a seed of holiness within them. When we choose goodness, godliness, if you will, over selfishness, when we choose real love over crippling fear, then the result is happiness and holiness in our lives. You know, Hosea Ballou, he called his program, I love this word, happification. Happification. I think the world is still ready for a 200-year-old universalist message. I think you're just the people to carry it to. And friends, here is the secret that has been hidden in plain sight for thousands of years. If you want to cultivate happiness, then nurture your spirit. Commit yourself to a daily spiritual practice that will allow you to make conscious contact with the God of your understanding or whatever you want to call the great universal spirit that is the author of all creation and the ground of all being, because it is from this spiritual source that we derive our inherent worth and dignity, which is essential to our happiness. And it is through this conscious connection with, that the good spirit grows within us. You see, ultimately, we only ever act out of one of two basic human emotions. Love or fear. 
love, peace, kindness, forgiveness, acceptance, humility, honesty, courage, compassion, and gentleness. These are all expressions of the good spirit within us. The good spirit that leads to happiness for ourselves and others because happiness can be contagious. And speaking of contagious, who is the happiest person in America today? (laughs) You knew it. I knew I was going to do that. That was part of the plan. You didn't think I was going to catch that, did you? Pharrell Williams, as the Philadelphia Inquirer called him, the ubiquitous Pharrell Williams. He's got to be the happiest man in America. I mean, this. So this 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 song has sold. I don't know how many millions of copies. Pharrell Williams is 41 years old. He won four Grammy Awards. His net worth is estimated at 80 million dollars. He's got to be happy. You know, <laughs> Whatever school his son was going to last year, he's going to a better one. Whatever car his wife was driving last year, she's driving a better one. Wherever they went last year on their family vacation, they're taking a better one. Farrell, <laughs> It can't be contagious, right? Some would say infectious. But, you know, there are worse things you could be infected with than happiness. Trust me. So... Pharaoh Williams has all of these things. He's got to be the happiest person. He's got to be happy. Or does he? You know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and she told me a story about a young man who had everything. Beautiful wife, couple of kids, nice house, graduate education, professional career. Woke up one morning. Looked in the mirror, decided he didn't have anything to live with. Walked out to a state park and hanged himself. You can't always tell what kind of spirit is inside a person just from looking at them. Or their house. Or their car. Or their clothes. You know, I wish I could tell you that this was the only such story, but friends, I have done entirely too many funerals in my ministerial career. You can't tell what's inside a person. You know, so some of you are familiar with Christian scripture, some are not, but these stories about Jesus as the great faith healer, one of the things Jesus did in the, in the Christian Gospels is he goes around and he casts out demons. He's casting out demons. And some people think that there are actual demons in the world. I think there, there are only two kinds of demons in which I personally believe, and they are the demons of mental illness and addiction. And friends, they are real, because when your life gets taken over by one of these two things, it absolutely, fundamentally warps your personality, turns you into somebody your family doesn't even recognize, and sometimes it physically changes a person's body when we're in the grip of one of these two demons. Those are some pretty desperately bad spirits to be in possession of us. Now, there are a lot of Americans who are unhappy, and they don't suffer from either of these two major afflictions. 
But they're definitely, definitely dispirited. Nobody can make us happy. We're either possessed by a good spirit within or we're not. And we are responsible for our own happiness. Fear, anger, resentment, jealousy, pride, greed, deceit, intolerance, and shame. These are all some of the manifestations of a bad spirit running our lives. A bad spirit shaping our thinking. A bad spirit guiding our words and our actions. And when we're in possession from one of those bad spirits, unhappiness can be contagious too. And I learned this the hard way. Some of you know that I served a large church down the road in Devon for five years. I had all the trappings of success. Prestigious pulpit, big paycheck, nice house. And I was unhappy. I wasn't being true to myself. Wasn't doing what I loved in life. And didn't feel appreciated for what I did do. But you know what was worst of all? The worst thing was that I was disconnected from God. Man, that is... That's a terrible thing for a minister. I was unhappy and I couldn't admit it to myself, let alone anybody else. And because unhappiness is contagious too, the people around me became unhappy and eventually they asked me to leave the church. And last July, I sat right over there in that row and I listened to the Wellsprings band play Joy Comes Back and I sat there and I wept. Because I knew what I had, and I knew what I wanted. I had felt downhearted. I had felt tied to the ground. But I hadn't felt real joy in a long time. And I did believe that joy could come back. And I knew that I wanted to be ready when it did. You know, too often, friends... When we're unhappy, we try to change all the wrong things in our lives. We change our location as if geography and weather were somehow the keys to happiness. We surround ourselves with new stuff, a new house, a new car, new clothes, maybe even a new spouse, as if we can properly accessorize our way to happiness. We try to change other people as if somehow bending other people to our will can result in happiness. Or else we just eject people from our lives and import new ones as if a freshly, fresh supporting cast in our own personal drama is somehow the key to our happiness. Friends, the key to happiness is always hidden inside the self. Are you happy? Is a good spirit guiding you through life? Do you want to be happy? Some people don't. You know, some people seem to enjoy being miserable. But if you're not happy and you want to be, what are you prepared to do to create the conditions in which happiness can occur within you? You know, when I left the church that I was serving a year ago, I told the people who loved me, some of whom are here this morning, 
that my personal mission was to be healthy, happy, and whole. With a single-mindedness of purpose, with courage, humility, determination, the help of other people, and the grace of God, I have pursued that mission. I didn't pursue happiness. I worked to create the space for happiness in my life, and that meant putting God, my faith, and my spiritual practice at the very center of my life. If we want to be guided by a good spirit within, then we need to create the conditions that will make that possible. And today, friends... I am happy. Yeah. Yes, I'm happy to be with you, but I'm just genuinely happy. You know, when I heard about Dan Harris's book, 10% Happier, I thought, 10%? Is that all you got? I can do better than 10%. I'm a lot happier than 10% happier. My happiness has increased a lot more than that in the past year because I vastly improved the quality of the spirit that was guiding me through my everyday life. The wise old Roman emperor Marcus Aurelius wrote almost 2,000 years ago, very little is needed to make a happy life. It's all within yourself, in your way of thinking. So is happiness a destination Is happiness a matter of cultivation? Friends, I will tell you today that happiness is a state that we cultivate. It's not a destination at which we strive to arrive. The Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh, whom we hear every single Sunday here at Wellsprings, wrote, all the elements of your happiness are already here. There's no need to run, strive, search, or struggle. Be happy. You don't need to find happiness. Be happy. It's a state of being that we create and cultivate. And happiness wells up from inside us and flows out from us. It can't be imported into our lives from somebody else. It emerges out of our conscious choices. And it arises from the spiritual conditions that we cultivate within ourselves. So cultivate a good spirit within yourself. Happiness is not a matter of luck or chance. It can't be borrowed, and it can't be bought, but it can definitely be shared. Nurture your spirits. Forge the conscious spiritual connections that will allow the good spirit to flourish within you. So get busy and get ready, because I'm here to tell you, friends, joy does come back. Let's pray together. Spirit of holiness that dwells within each and moves among all. God of our understanding, we give thanks this day for all that is good and right in our lives. We pray, God, that we may be mindful on a daily basis of all those simple blessings for which we should and would be grateful. We pray that Gratitude may be the foundation upon which our spiritual maturity rests. We pray today that we would be happy, healthy, holy people. And so grant us the clarity, the courage, and commitment to 
cultivate the conditions for happiness within ourselves that we may know joy and life abundant and share both with the world today, tomorrow, and all the days of our lives. Amen. Let's sing some more. Please rise, whether in body or in spirit here. <laughs>